Amen. You can be seated. I want to say thank you, Lauren uh, and the band, uh, for standing in the gap for Will as he is out uh, this Sunday. Man, we've got some talented folks, so we're excited. Uh, give them the opportunity, but also just for them and, and the service that they they do. So I do want to say thank you as well. If you are, this is your first time visiting Lindsay Lane North. We are so glad to have you. Uh, and so uh, when you came in today, hopefully there was a masked and gloved man that gave you uh, bulletins. And uh, inside those bulletins is our Connect card. We would love for you to fill that out. Let us know that you're here. Um, we're not going to embarrass you, hunt you down, anything like that. We just want to uh, follow up with you if you're a visitor with us. Um, physically, you can go to our Next Steps table. We have a gift for you um, that we would love to give you as well. And so um, if you're visiting us online, uh, we also have a mobile connect card. So if you would, you can uh, text North Connect to 31996 uh, and let us know that you're viewing online. Also, if you make a decision uh, today online, you can let us know that as well um, by, by indicating that on the Connect card as well. Um, but with that said, I want to uh, bring up someone very special to all of us. Uh, Ms. Katie White, if you can come on up. Uh, Katie is going to be transitioning. I mentioned last week that Katie is going to be transitioning to the Athens campus um, there as the inReach director. And so uh, Katie and Britt, her husband, are some of our closest friends uh, in the whole world. We're so excited. If you want to just kind of, yeah. Um, that's good. We're good there. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, and so some of our uh, closest friends in the whole world... Closest by six feet, right? Uh, at that, at least six feet. But we are—we're uh, so excited about the chapter of life that she's in, and so we've got some flowers for you. But also, when you're friends with somebody, uh, you get to know them really, really well. And so, uh, I've been serving with Katie for like ten years now, and so uh, we've got some of her favorite things. She wanted me to know y'all to know that there is floss in here. Uh, if you know anything about Katie White, you know that she is a religious flosser, um, not the dance, uh, the actual floss with your teeth. Uh, and so bath stuff, there's sparkling grape juice for all of you watching at home. All right. And uh, she loves dogs. And so anyway, we just we got her little care package uh, together to send her off with. Before we give that to her, I wanted to uh, pray just as a church uh, together over her in this next stage of life that she's in. So if you would, if you want to join in, you can extend your hand if you'd like, uh, just symbolically praying for her. We're obviously not laying on the hands and stuff, but, um, but we want to pray for her as we send her off uh, to Athens. Uh, there's the inReach director there, okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for Katie. God, I thank you for her uh, many years, God, of ministry uh, that even predate mine at Lindsay Lane. God, we thank you for how she's invested so much here at North invested in the student ministry there at the main campus. And God, as you are calling her, uh, Lord, to this new area, this new avenue of ministry, God, we thank you for the lives that are going to be impacted and changed as a result of her ministry and her obedience, God, to follow you in that area. And so, Father, we know that heaven's going to be sweeter, uh, and we know that the church is going to continue to increase more as a result of, of, of positioning her there. And so, Lord, we celebrate with her. We love her. Hate to see her leave the North family, but God, we're excited to see what she accomplishes for your kingdom glory, God, there in the next chapter of life. Lord, we love you and praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, Katie, this is heavy, so <coughs> there you go. 
All right, and flowers. So, in the spirit of full disclosure, we will be taking this from her and giving it to her again, uh, like we did in the first service. We'll be doing that again in the third service. So, in the spirit of full disclosure, she will get these back again. But there you go, there. All right, we're excited. Uh, we are excited about Katie, uh, and excited as a church uh, to be able to uh, to supply that, that incredible need uh, for the, the Athens campus there, okay? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 15. All right, today is a little bit uh, different. We have been in a series for a long, long, long time. Uh, If not one series, another series. We haven't been in one series a long time. We've been in a series of series for quite a while. Actually, since we launched as a church, I don't know if you know this or not, we have not had a standalone message that wasn't like holiday-themed since we we started North. And so today is kind of unique. We kind of have an opportunity to do a standalone message, but I'm so excited about where we're headed as a church. So all three of our campuses uh, over the next year will have four different uh, months So every quarter, we're going to have a month where we will uh, be pursuing the exact same text of Scripture, uh, the exact same sermon series uh, that we're going to be doing. It's going to be Lindsay Lane wide that we're really, really excited about. The pastors are working together. Andy, John, Heath, and myself are working together to provide that. And so we are really excited. We're going to have uh, posters set up lining the halls that have coming soon, all the different uh, previews of the series that we're going to be going through so that we can get excited about it as a church. And that begins August 9th. Uh, and so we're really excited about that. We're going to be starting the series, Bring It In, talking about unity and talking about getting in as the church body. And uh, we are really, really excited uh, about that. It was going to be themed for sports if sports happen, um, but regardless, the series is going to happen. So we're excited about that. Next week is kind of unique uh, because we are doing, we've met with pastors from over the, all over the area, and we are going to have a ra- racial reconciliation Sunday at many, many churches regionally across our area. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, listen, it is undeniable, okay, that church shouldn't be a place where we go to retreat from the world, okay? Uh, Church should be a place that we go to to learn how to engage the world, right? And to be relevant in the, in the things that are relevant in the world. It's how we change culture. It's how we, uh, how we impact the, the lives of people. And so uh, we're going to be talking about what the Bible says about race and, and, and what we as a church, our response to those things. I'm really excited as we continue to study through that. Uh, and, and today is just going to kind of set the table for that. Um, there's a lot of things that we look to. There's a lot of things that we call important that in the eyes of God are not as important, right? That are secondary in importance uh, and, and, and third in importance than to what Scripture actually says. So we're excited about that. So we're going to set the table today in a passage that's pretty common, that you, you will know it as soon as I, we begin talking about it, you're going to know. If you have any knowledge of God's Word, you're going to know where we're going to be. It's in your notes, in your, um, in your, your Bibles, as the prodigal son. It's probably what your scripture text reads is the story, the parable of the prodigal son. But I would submit to you this, and I think it's important to understand. According to verse 11, uh, this is Jesus, and he said, there was a man who had two sons. So the scripture is not just about a single prodigal son. 
In fact, the story is about two. And when we miss the second older son, and we miss what happens in his life, we miss a very, very important issue as it relates to us as the church. And so, and so today I want to speak on the wayward sons. The message title for today is the wayward sons, plural. Because we got to see the whole picture of what God is going to do. But we'll start with the prodigal's return. So number one in your notes there, the first of the three points is going to be the prodigal's return. Listen to what it says in Luke fifteen eleven, And he said, he being Jesus, he had an audience around him. He said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, and he took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. This is what prodigal means, reckless uh, riotous living, if you're reading, I believe, in the King James. Uh, there's other ways to describe it. That's why we call them prodigal doesn't mean wayward or, or doesn't mean like rebellious. It just means it's a riotous living, reckless living, right? And so, and so that's what the word prodigal means. Listen to what it says in verse 17. Uh, but when he came to himself after the famine... Uh, after, oh, excuse me, in verse 14. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, skipping ahead. In verse 14, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He squandered everything that he had, all that he had inherited. He squandered it in a reckless living. As uh, Dave Ramsey would say, he acted beyond his wage. Right? Dave Ramsey's big thing is to act your wage. Uh, and, and he acted beyond his wage, spent it all, had nothing left, and then a famine hit the land, and he was in need. And we know where he went, right? Eventually, his friends left him, and he found himself at a pig farmer's house. And as he was filling the trough with all of the leftovers, the slop that the pigs would eat, as he was looking at the food and starving and thinking, man, how delicious would this slop, this, these leftovers, how delicious would it be to fill my stomach with them? Listen what it says in verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise, go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. You see, to understand these two sons, you need to understand the two very different type of people that were listening to this story. The Bible tells us, Luke 15, the first verse, tells us the two group of people that were listening to these parables as Jesus was rattling them off. The first group of people were scribes and Pharisees. They were the religious leaders. They were the elite, right? They were of the tribe of Judah. They were were Israelite, right? They were of the Jewish nation, and they were listening to Jesus teach. But they got very annoyed because there was another group of people that were there. Tax collectors and sinners is what the Bible says, is what my translation says. Tax collectors and sinners had started arriving, listening, wanting to hear what Jesus had to say. And it says, when that happened, they became annoyed. They became frustrated. They were upset, right? And so to understand what Jesus is teaching here as the master teacher using both of these sons as illustrations for the audience that he was speaking to, 
The first group, the, the tax collectors and the sinners, would have resonated with the prodigal son. You see, the tax collectors and the sinners knew what it was like to pursue the world, pursue something, to live a life of sin recklessly, right? Many of whom would have been prostitutes. Tax collectors would have been extortionists, right? They were charging way more in taxes than people actually owed. They were living extravagant lives because they had a lot of money, but they were, they were completely and totally lost. They had spent all... And, and, so, and so you have this group of people that would have resonated with the prodigal son, this one that had spent recklessly, that had lived lavishly for a time and then became greatly in need. They would have understood on your notes that the world promises happiness, but only provides helplessness. The promise of the world, you watch any infomercial, you're up late at night and you're flipping through the channels and you come across uh, one of these infomercials, right? And, and there is a smiling face. You never see anybody upset, right? There is a smiling face that is trying to tell you, right, that if you will buy these knives, you will be happy forever, No longer do you have to cut a tomato with the dullest knife in the history of knives that they've used in an illustration, right? Squirting juice everywhere. It's just the the, the most horrible massacre of a vegetable you've ever seen, or fruit, I guess, that you've ever seen, right? Uh, But if you buy these knives, you will be happy forever. The world promises happiness. But you see, it's a bait and switch because once you get there, you realize that it's not what you wanted And you're ready for something else. The world promises happiness. What it delivers is helplessness. When we pursue our happiness, when we pursue things that will provide satisfaction for us on our own by means of what the world says is important, we will eventually come to the realization that we are helpless to provide that for ourselves. There is not satisfaction that's found in the pursuits of this world. There's always going to be someone richer. There's always going to be someone better looking. There's always going to be uh, someone more successful, someone more powerful. It does not satisfy the tax collectors and the sinners resonated with the prodigal son, many of whom had lived their lives toward the world and, and things of the world in sin. And Jesus was speaking right at them. The prodigal son who spent everything he had and then returned to his father, repented and turned to his father. You see, when you pursue the things the world calls important, you're only seeing a portion of the picture. You're only seeing a small portion of the bigger picture. But it's only when you pursue Christ with everything that he has for your life that you see the full picture. And so to illustrate that, we've got some kids in the room, got some teenagers, uh, and, and we're just going to compete. We're going to do this. Uh, I'm, this is for the kids, but we, I, want, I want adults to compete in this as well. All right, this is pretty good. We've we got a, little, a series of slides that we're going to show you. And so the first slide that you're going to see is the most zoomed-in picture, uh, most zoomed-in of a picture. And you need to guess what this picture is. Y'all played this game before, right? And so it's going to come up on your screen. It's already up on your screen. All right? If you guess what this is, specifically, with... You'll have three get three tries. If you get it right now, all right? So talk amongst yourself as families about what it is. Now, here's the deal. Honor system. If you, you're by yourself, honor system, all right? Just know that 
you know, the Lord is watching even if we're not, okay? Uh, but you can play this at home. This will be great. Uh, if you get this on the most zoomed in, any of the pictures that are the most zoomed in, if you get it, you get three points, all right? If, you, uh, if it has to be the second picture, you get two points, uh, and then the last picture is one point, and then we'll show you the picture, okay? Does that make sense? Everybody get? Y'all going to keep track of your own score. You can play as families. All right, so this is our first picture, most zoomed in. Does everybody have their guess of what this is? All right, give us our second picture. Now, you can change your original answer if you're convinced of what it is. Be specific. You can change your answer if you would like. If you keep your answer, you can be completely wrong. It'll be all or nothing, but you can change your answer, but you only get two points at this point. All right, give us our third picture. Okay. Okay. All right. Don't yell it out. Don't yell it out. Don't yell it out. You're competing. Hey, your family will win a prize if you win. All right? If a member of your family wins. All right, give us our last picture. If you got it on that one, you get one point. It is Pluto. All right? Pluto is the answer. So whatever points you have, y'all give me on, your, uh, on, on a hand, give me how many points you have. Everybody, show me. Everybody at home, y'all showing me how many points you have. All right, good deal. All right, let's go to our next picture. Three points if you get this. If you are super specific, I'll give you five points, but I'll explain that later. All right? What is that right there? All right? That's the most zoomed in. Three, three points if you get this one on this guess. All right, next. All right. People, are y'all sticking to your guns? Are you, are you sure? What's it going to be? All right. Y'all, y'all ready? Ready to move on? Last picture. This is for one point. (laughs) All right. And zoom all the way out. If you got that it was a Hot Wheel car, you get five points if you guessed. So, so like, that's that's awesome, all right? Uh, But uh, if you got car, car will work, all right? So, yeah, it's a Hot Wheels car. All right, next picture. (laughs) I've seen these last service, so I know what these are, but this is not what I thought it was. All right? Uh, I thought it was, you know, something that you can find an emoji for. All right? Uh, next. Yeah, it's a little more clear. A little more clear. And the third one is a dead giveaway. If you don't get it now, you're in trouble. You're, you're, you, there's no hope for you in this game. All right? And give us our last one. There you go. All right, where y'all stand numbers-wise? How many points you got? You got to keep track of them. How many points you got? Everybody know? All right, I see five back there. All right, you see some others? Oh, I got eight back here. Okay, cool. All right, give us our next one. Oh, yeah. I know what this is. I've also played this game. All right, next one. If you know what it is, you get three points for that. Now, if you would like to change your answer. Now, you can't go back. But you can change your answer if you'd like. All right, now give us our third one. Okay, it's becoming more clear. Make your guesses. Get one point if you guessed pancakes. Pancakes. If you guess the topping, you're just awesome. All right, but I'm not going to give you extra points for that. All right. Everybody, you still doing good? Anyone losing horribly? Yeah? Okay. All right, next one. This is the last one, I believe. All right, this is... Uh, this is not a medical condition caused by COVID. That is all I'll tell you. It's not that. All right? Um, so there's the first one. All right? So get, make your guesses. 
Make your guesses. All right, give us our second picture. Okay. All right, little zoomed out view. Make your guesses. Two points for this picture. All right, give us our third picture. Mmm. Mmm. Some of you, some of you, the, the, the light bulb went off. All right, next. It is a basketball. It is a basketball. Okay. So, I got to go get a hand sanitizer up here. But uh, how many of you, what family made 10 points? Oh, boy. Our, uh, first service beats you guys. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Uh, five points. Start at five points. Who got five points? What family got five points? Raise your hand. All right. Who got six points? Uh, no, six points or more, or more. That's what I should say. All right, so, so if you got at least five points, at least six points, keep your hand up. At least seven points. All right, at least eight points. Nine points. Y'all got, how many y'all have? Eight. Y'all, how many y'all have? Oh, wow. Y'all, how many y'all have? 14 2. All right, I, that, that means I got to have two people from your families then. I need, I need, I need to send, send a delegation. Does anybody want to participate or do you want to just give up the prize? Luke, you coming? All right, y'all come on. We'll do an old fashioned paper, rock, scissors. Yeah, there you go. Now stand six feet apart if you stand on the stage here. Stand six feet apart. Now, this is for a pretty sweet Dollar General puzzle here, so the stakes are pretty high. All right, six feet apart. All right, we're going to do paper, rock, scissors. You ready? Oh. All right, we'll just do whoever wins first, all right? If you tie, you'll, we'll do it again. Paper, rock, scissors, and then shoot, okay? Ready? Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Paper, rock, scissors, shoot. Got him. All right, there you go. Good job, man. All right, very good. Y'all give him a hand. <laughs> good deal. So, what that illustrates is when you only see part of the picture, you're seeing a very limited picture, and the world sells you part of a picture, but you miss what truly provides lasting fulfillment and contentment in our life. So we've seen the brothers, the the prodigals return. Let's look secondly at the brother's response. Luke 15, verse 25. Now his older son, the man's older son, was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he he heard music and dancing. Remember, the father had took his son back and he killed the fatty calf. And we'll talk, we'll read that in a moment, right? He, they, they had a party. And the older son came back from working in the field all day, sweaty and nasty. And he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants. And he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. Listen to what he says, and this is his response. But the older son was angry, and he refused to go in. You see, the younger brother, the prodigal son, would have struck a chord with the tax collectors and the sinners. The older son immediately struck a chord with the scribes and the Pharisees, with the Jews. Why? Because the Jews were God's chosen people. I mean, from the word go, they were God's chosen people. All the way back to Abraham, they were God's chosen people. 
And now all of a sudden the Messiah shows up, alleged Messiah in the minds of these scribes and Pharisees, shows up and now other people are being included in our party. I don't think so. They were ticked. And that's why there was the intense racism. I mean, you can call it what what you want. That's exactly what this was. This was nationalistic racism. This was this was a a, a deliberate response to people that were outside of the Jewish people group. Right? And so and so they were angry. They were upset and and this would have immediately struck a chord. And by the way, it ain't a nice chord. It ain't a pretty chord. It's a controversial chord. Because understand what he's saying here. Right? This, this, this is angry. Like These guys are already mad because these tax collectors and sinners are crashing their party. They're here listening to Jesus, trying to get some teaching, right? probably trying to catch him in a trap. And here come the tax collectors and the sinners. Right? And, and, and so then he tells them about this older brother. But we've got to understand some things about the older brother. Right? We've got to understand that this older brother, the younger brother had spent all of his inheritance. Right? And so if there was a shindig that was going to be thrown, that older brother would have felt the crunch of it. It was his inheritance that the father was spending to throw the party for the son that had come home. Right? Whose fat and calf would it be? If the father would have died, it would have been the older son's. Why? Because the younger son had sold all of his property. It was his. And so he was upset because he, had, he was losing something. He was also upset because he didn't see the goodness of his father toward him. And he began to pitch a hissy fit. He went out and he pouted. The older brother went out and acted very immature. And he began to pout. You know, in our own life, we're quick to throw You know, we'd be quick to throw stones like, man, your brother's back. Like, cheer up. Quit moping, your brother's back. That's a big deal, right? Get over it. But you know, we do the same thing in our life if we're not careful. We can become so hung up on our reward, on accumulating our stuff, that we miss the bigger picture of redemption. We miss what we... We get so hung up on our little tract of property on our little home and our issues that we have, on our little 401k, on our little community, we get so hung up on stuff that's important to us that we miss what God is doing nationally and globally. We get so hung up on ourselves that we can't imagine why God would allow anything sweet to happen to anyone else. Right? We miss, in our reward, we miss redemption. We look at people that are different than us, that believe different than us, people that have different opinions, and we don't see them the way God sees them anymore. We see them as someone that is out to get what's ours. Which brings me to this point. In your notes and on the screen, the world is not the enemy of the church. You need to hear that. The world is not the enemy of the church, but it is its prize. The world is not the enemy of the church. We expect the world to act like the world. Do you know why the world is crazy right now? Because it's the world. And guess what? It's always been. It's always been crazy. It it isn't more crazy than it has been. It's always been crazy. It's always been radically depraved. It's always been godless. It's always been fallen. It's the world. The world and the people in it are not the enemy of the church. They are the pride of the church. 
when you watch news outlets and you see what's going on in our world today, it can be very easy because it seems to go against our way of life to look at someone who opposes your view or my view and say, I can't stand you. I don't like you because you are out to get what's mine. Now, we may not say we hate them, but let's just, for all intents and purposes, we hate them. We see them for what they are doing to us, not what they, what God is doing in their own lives. We are focused on ourselves. We are not focused on them. And so people will come on news outlets. You see news stories all the time. And, and immediately you can look at someone that is coming against our way of life and you can see them as the enemy. But the world is not the enemy of the church. When Je- you know what Jesus sees? When he sees the politically charged climate that we live in, when he sees the socioeconomically charged climate, when he sees the racially charged climate that we live in today, do you know what he sees? He doesn't see Republican and Democrat. He doesn't see black and white, red, blue, or orange. He doesn't even see male and female. He sees those... He sees those that have received his son's blood and the gift of forgiveness for their sins and those that have not. Those are the only two groups of people that Jesus, that God sees. He creates us with diversity. And I'm I'm, I'm getting into my message. He creates us with diversity to prove that he is diverse. But he sees the greatest issue is people have rejected my son or people have received. They, they They have escaped the judgment of their sin by means of the miraculous blood of Jesus, or they are still dead in their transgressions and sin. But when we see people, we don't see them this way. We see the people that are attacking our way of life, and because of that, they're our enemy. But they're not our enemy. Because when they're one to Jesus, when they intersect like you and I had an intersection with Jesus, when our story met Jesus, God took away the enemy status. And He made me a son of the Most High God. And He's given us the same ministry. If you invest your life in this world... You will hate everyone and everything that threatens your that way of life. But if you invest your life in heaven and in eternity, you will see all people as an opportunity for further investment. I mean, that's what we're doing here. That's why you and I, if you have a relationship with Jesus at home or in this, these pews, if you have a relationship with Jesus... There's a reason why you're still drawing breath. Otherwise, the best place to die would have been between the altar and your seat for making that decision. What is the whole point? The whole point of your life is to continue investing in the kingdom through reaching people with the gospel of Christ. This is the point of our life. And so the world is not the enemy of the church. It's the prize of the church. These people in it are people that can be one to Jesus. If we'll take time to quit looking at ourselves and see them in their level of need. Are you investing? Well, I'll just say that you are investing. You're investing in something. 
Is your investment being made in this world? Or is this investment being made for a future time? When you'll lay down this flesh and you'll receive incorruptible. Because here's the danger of this story. This story ends with the prodigal son. Yeah, the one that's made all the big mistakes, as we would classify them. The prodigal son got in to the celebration. The prodigal son made it to the party. Where's the older son? He's moping outside. He never made it to the party. Why? Because the prodigal son repented. It's not about the number of things that you do wrong or right. It's about if you've ever come to realization that you are helpless without Jesus and you've responded in repentance and turned from your sin. The prodigal son is not in the party because he made the fewest mistakes, but because he knew where to run. He ran to the father. And the older son pouted outside. When the Jews hear this, they're livid. You're telling me the Johnny-come-latelys, those that haven't lived their whole life abiding by the Torah, they get Jesus, they get eternal life, and we don't? Uh-uh. I ain't having none of it. Much of that sentiment is what sent Jesus to the cross. But the truth remains. And it's backed up in Scripture. 1 John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God, and he hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, he, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Right? If you say, if you say that, you, that, that you have harbored hatred in your heart as the brother did for the son, and you think that, that, that you're getting in because you've done, you've done good your whole life, right? The good old boy, the Elmont mentality, right? I've done good, my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. It ain't about that, church. It's about has your life intersected Jesus? Because when it has, listen, you don't have to try to love anybody anymore. Jesus changed that in you from the go. He changed you from the inside out. Lastly, let's look at the father's readiness. The son's, the prodigal's return, the brother's response, and now the father's readiness. Look what it says in verse 20, the second part of verse 20. It says, By while we were, he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. His father saw him and desired to be with him. He didn't have to be prodded. He didn't have to be encouraged to go. A servant didn't have to say, hey, why don't you go talk to him? Right? The dad looked, saw him. What does that tell me? It tells me that he'd been looking for him the whole time. Right? Saw him from a long way off and ran to him. I used to say that if you will turn to God, you'll realize that Jesus, that God was right, is right where you left him. Can I tell you that is wrong? That is wrong teaching. According to God's word, we don't turn to God and he's right where we left him. God pursues us. Joseph talked about last week that we serve a God who is ascending God. Do you know what that means? If God is ascending God, that means that we got to understand that God first sent himself. He sent his son. He started it. He started the the whole thing. He upped the ante right from the go. He sent himself. To die for us while he was still a long way off. The father saw him, felt compassion, and ran, embraced him, and kissed him. But the father said to his servant, Bring quickly 
In verse 22, right, the boy goes through, I, I want to be a servant. I, I'm not worthy to be a son. And the father says to him, in verse 22, But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. This is the grace of God that we do not deserve from our father. We don't deserve a thing, but He lavishes His love on us as sons and daughters. But that's not the only person that He pursued. Luke 15, 28, the last part. Listen to what it says about the older son. After the father was notified that his son had come home from the field, his father came out and entreated him, entreated the older son. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and to be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He is lost and now he is found. Buddy, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're struggling with this because your brother has passed from death to life. Your brother is back. He has returned. There's nothing that's more glorious than that. No amount of money, no amount of success, no safety. None of that is important enough than to understand that people, that someone has passed from life to death. But when we make our priorities more about us than about the kingdom, we begin to find ourselves in the situation the brother's in. You see, because on your notes, the father was quick to pursue both of his sons. He had to pursue his older son. He pursued his younger son, his prodigal son. He ran into him when he was a far way off. But he had to leave the party and go after his older son too. The father was quick to do that. He was ready to forgive. He was ready to pursue both of his sons. God will meet you right where you are. But in this message, don't think. Don't think in this that God has to. Or that God is some picture of a weak and feeble God who needs us to accept Him. God doesn't need me to accept Him any more than my dad needs me to accept Him in order to still be my biological father. He is my father whether I like it or not. Right, And so God doesn't need us, whether we believe in Him or not, whether we receive Him or not. It doesn't make Him any less God. God doesn't need us to be who He is. He doesn't pursue us out of need, but He pursues us out of love. He pursues us because it's who He is. It's in His nature to pursue someone who could never give Him back what He desires to give us. He desires to lavish His love on us. And it's in His character, it's who He is to love us. And so the takeaway to that that's important for us is that it's in the nature of children to mimic our father. Cooper went, used to go to Cedar Hill Elementary and they had a career day and Cooper went as a preacher. Now, I'll tell you, he wasn't wearing this. He was wearing traditional preacher paraphernalia. He had the three-piece suit on and he was dressed to the hilt and he looked good. He, he looked sharp, right? But he came dressed as a preacher, um, and, and why? Because he, he sees what I do. And he desires to be like his daddy. It's natural, and any of us looking at that would go, yeah, of course, because he wants to be like his father. This is the lifelong pursuit of a child of God. And we just want to be like our father. 
We just want to be like the one who's given everything for us. So the most important thing cannot be our 401k, cannot be our way of life, cannot be even the safety that we value so highly in our home. The most important thing for us has to be the gospel. Why? Because we should be like our Father, pursuing the lost who may never be able to give us in return. Is that how you live your life? Do you live your life like that or are we stuck in the trap of the older son? If you would bow your head and close your eyes. With no one looking around. If you have a relationship, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know, like the prodigal, God is pursuing you. God loves you. You are here as a result of God pursuing you. Whether online or in this place. If you desire a relationship with Jesus today, we've got counselors in the back of the room that would love to meet with you. They'd love to talk to you. You can let us know on the Connect card, either in person or online. But we've got counselors in the back of the room, if you're meeting physically with us, that would love to talk to you about that relationship that you can have with Jesus. And so if you need to do that, don't leave this place without making that decision. But maybe you, like the older son, need to get some things right in your life. Maybe you need to live for God's glory rather than your own. Maybe you, need to, maybe you need to share. Maybe you need to talk with a counselor about a decision you need to make. Maybe you need to join our church. Maybe you've been visiting for a while and you, it's time for you to pull that trigger and to join our church. Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit uh, is leading you to do I pray that you would respond. pray that you respond. Nobody looking around. If you would, right now, if you would, if you'd like to respond to whatever that looks like, I pray that you you would respond. Now get up from your seat and walk to the back of the room, speak to one of our counselors. Would you do it now? Would you do it now? No one looking around. This is a safe place. Would you make that response? At home, would you grab that phone? Would you, would you text 31996 uh, North Connect? Would you let us know so that we can follow up with you this week? Whatever it is, I pray that you would respond. Father God, we thank you for today and we thank you for your love that radically and life-transformingly pursues us. And this is love, not that we loved you, but that you loved us. And you sent your son to die for us. And so, Father, having been pursued by your goodness and your love, God, fill me with a desire to pursue others. Father, we love you. Help us to see people the way that you see them. God, make us busy and active in being a part of this great commission. Lord, it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.